please turn to the book of 2 Timothy. The book of 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 1. And while you are searching that out, let me very briefly remind you how that last weekend I emphasized the fact that the Holy Spirit is not just a power, not just an influence, but the Holy Spirit is a person. Not only a person, but he is a divine person. And as a person, that means he has a personality. Just the same as you have a personality, I have a personality. And everyone has a personality in some way or other. And you as a person, you can be resisted, you can be grieved, and you can be quenched. This is just a reminder of some things that I said last weekend. Anyone who resists the Holy Spirit will be lost. Because to resist the Holy Spirit is to reject the means of salvation. And you remember in the book of Acts when Stephen was preaching, he came to a point in his discourse or presentation to those Jews. I emphasize the word Jews because as Jews they were familiar with the scriptures and they had at least some perception of the person the being, the character, and even the attitude of God, because from their scriptures they had the information that showed God's attitude towards many things, including sin and salvation, good and evil, righteousness and unrighteousness. And in his presentation, in his defense, of truth, Stephen came to a point where he said, you resist the Holy Ghost, as did your fathers, so do ye. I think he used the term always, reject or resist the Spirit. Yeah, he said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. So that is enough to establish the fact that the Holy Ghost can be resisted, and as a consequence of him telling the truth, they killed him, and he became the first martyr of the church in the church age. So to resist the Holy Ghost is to shut oneself off from the means of salvation. So I have to believe that none of us here tonight is resisting the Holy Spirit because we are born again. We are born again. I am born again. And uh, the children, some of them at least, from the devotional times in PCA, will remember 
that in order to be born again, you have to have the Spirit of God. And unless we are born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. And unless we are born of the Spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, ye must be born again. I have to believe that all of you who are of understanding age, you're here tonight because you want to be in the house of God, you want to be with the people of God, you are saved, you are born again. I could ask for a show of hands, I don't think I need to do that. But it is possible to resist the Holy Spirit and remain in a lost condition. Then, having received the Holy Spirit, that is to say, having accepted, embraced salvation, the Spirit of God comes into you. For every person who is born again, the Scripture says, by the one Spirit, are we all baptized into the one body? And that is, of course, the body of the church. So if you're born again, you have received the Spirit. And you don't need to say, please, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come to me. The Holy Spirit has come to you because he has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father, you are a child of God. But in the progression In our progression in the Christian life, we go from faith to faith. We go from glory to glory. We should be constantly renewed in the resemblance of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in our growth and development, it is possible to be born of the Spirit, and you have to have some measure of the Spirit or you couldn't be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. But in our progression, in our growth, in our development, in our progress in the Christian life, it is possible for a Christian to grieve the Spirit. And in grieving the Spirit, in order to grieve the Spirit, we have to For example, aspire after things that are not in keeping with the personality and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. That's why the scripture says, set your affections upon things above and not upon things beneath. So when we're aiming at the wrong things in our lives, we can be grieving the Spirit. I'm already longer on this than I anticipated, but it, uh, we need to understand you can receive the Spirit and yet in your life you can grieve the Spirit. Having accepted the Spirit and salvation because of the promptings of the Spirit, you can then behave in such a way as to grieve the Spirit. For example, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Therefore, you can be living your life 
in such a way as to grieve the Spirit because you're not in agreement with the Spirit, the aspirations of the Spirit, the purpose of the Spirit, the plan of the Spirit, so you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Word of God tells us, grieve not the Spirit whereby ye are sealed. So it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes people, they get out of uh, harmony with the Lord, and then we have uh, an accuser of the brethren who will come along and say, hmm, you are not saved. If you were saved, you wouldn't be like this or you wouldn't be like that. So then a person comes to a place where they're convinced by the devil, hmm, you're not really born again at all. And that comes from grieving the spirit and the enemy using the fact that you grieve the spirit in order to destroy your faith in the very salvation that you have received. Then there's another aspect which goes beyond that, where we are told not only grieve not the Spirit, but we are told to quench not the Spirit. And quench has to do with, for example, putting out a fire. You would quench the fire. Or if you had a metal that was heated to white heat and you wanted to cool it, you can quench it by putting it in water or in oil. So the quenching of the spirit is to do with having broken down your resistance against the spirit and you receive the spirit whereby you are born again and moving on with the Lord Whereas before, you had bad Ill impulses, you understand, which I'm sure you do understand. But when the Holy Spirit, when you're born again of the Spirit, and you're trying to walk with the Spirit, except who walk, uh, agree, they cannot walk together, you can also quench the Spirit, because the Spirit of God will rise up in you to do good things. All kinds of good things. It could be just the good thing of a good attitude towards someone else. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It could be to do with forgiveness and different aspects of forgiveness, it could be to do with ministering to someone and helping them. It could be with a good impulse that leads you to pray with or pray for or to speak to someone. And for one reason or another, you don't do it. You are quenching the spirit. Is that clear? That should be very clear. So, sometimes God's people quench the Spirit because 
the thing that is rising up in them that they know they should do, they're prompting them to do it, and they don't bother. Now, there are many ways to quench the Spirit. You can put a thing off that you should be doing now. When the urge is on you, I must do this and I must do it now, and you say, oh, no, 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 no. You can quench the Spirit. All the promptings of the Holy Ghost are good. Amen? Amen. The Spirit of God will never prompt you or urge you or press upon you to do anything that is bad. Because he is not only a person, he is a good person. Amen. Amen. But you can't quench the Spirit. You see, God moves through people to bless people. The body is nourished by that which every joint supplies, and I'm already taking too long on this, but I think it is enlightening. I hope you think it is enlightening. So there's one possibility of quenching the spirit. And there are many, many more. I referred to one or two of them last week. So it is possible in a whole lot of different ways to quench the spirit. So the very fact that the Bible tells us To grieve not the Spirit indicates that it is possible to grieve the Spirit. And the very fact that the Bible tells us to quench not the Spirit indicates that there is every possibility of quenching the Spirit. So when the good is rising up within you and you suppress it, you can be quenching the spirit, and that is bad news. It is bad news for you or I as individuals, and it is important to let the spirit flow for the help of other people that you might be ministering to. Now, don't think that I mean this you have to get uh, awake in the night and do this and that and the other. No, it can be in the meeting. It can be in the home. It can be in ministry. We have received the Spirit. The Spirit is in us and he means to flow out through us. Uh, This speak here of the Spirit that they that believe on him should receive, it shall be in them a well of living water springing up into everlasting life, and the flow of the Spirit can bless other people and help other members of the body of Christ. You you know, we do need to love one another. Uh, And we do need to care for one another. And we do need to pray for one another and even bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We do need to do that. And when we neglect to do that, we grieve the Spirit 
And when we refuse to do that, we're quenching the Spirit. So let us understand that all the good thoughts and the good inclinations and the good impulses, they are born of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost is always good. Say amen to that.